0: welcome to another episode of consider this um this morning we are going to be uh in the studio and uh, discussing something that uh, one of our one of our listeners one of our I don't know if he's a viewer is Eric a viewer nice. or just a listener? more a listener. Okay, just a listener. Yeah. Um and and I did his ordination. Did you know that, Drew? You know, I think I may have been at that one. Yeah, it was a uh, Man, it was good. Yeah. It was just very inspirational. But um, former student and good friend of many of us here, um, Eric, uh, he he just kind of asked a question about, hey, would you guys ever consider doing a podcast on why is it that we seldom uh, preach through topics, topics like. Uh, finances or marriage or uh, current issues that, that, that we're, to, we're going through? Why don't, why don't we do that? And why do we seem to focus mostly on the gospel of Matthew walking through 1 Corinthians, uh, which is what we're about to do? Um, or even when we look at a particular, say, a topical idea, like the gospel of the kings and the prophets, we still look at it um, as, as much as we can. Let's look at this week uh, coming up. Let's look at Ezekiel 33 and 34. And then we'll fill in the background, but really we're looking at Ezekiel 33 and 34. So that's kind of our the, the way that we do that. We we know that uh, um, some of you may think you know what how, how does this topic necessarily apply to me or you know so, or the, we just finished one on Halloween recently, and uh, you know that one seems to be able to grab people's attention. But I would argue this isn't just a, an issue that that pastors need to listen to. Um, so uh, why is it important? I guess I'm going to begin with this. Why is it important that um, the people in our church understand kind of the thinking behind where we're at in terms of our preaching what we're doing and why we're doing it in the studio with me today i actually have i should have said that earlier Uh, i've got my good friend i'm going to just describe you guys as friends and not titles because jesus said Hmm. call one another brothers i've got brother justin i've got brother Hmm. drew moss and i've got brother ryan vincent and in the studio engineering cubby we got Steve so grateful for him too. So, uh any of you guys want to take a take a shot at this? Why why is it important if you're not a if you're not a pastor, why does it matter in terms of the thinking behind this?
1: I guess we can look at the alternative. Yeah. That's Justin speaking. I am Justin okay. speaking to Good. you, my friend Jim. <laughs> um I guess the alternative that we have if we're not going to take a look at God through the picture of the Bible is we're going to try and We have the potential to fall into the pattern of trying to look at God first through our experiences, and we're trying to interpret how God is based on what we're feeling or the immediate needs that we have. And while there are things to be gleaned from those things, that specific topics that we need to cover um, in our life, we truly believe that the Bible is God's word. And therefore, the best picture that we're going to get of the God of the universe is through the scriptures. And we truly believe that if you um, want a relationship with him, we need to interact with this and understand it and how um, it's not only revealing God to us, but how we're supposed to respond to him. And so it's not just a pastoral issue, but if it's almost like the frog in the pot right you kind of don't really know what's going on until uh, you wake up and it's too late if you're just kind of sitting under teaching which isn't focused and centered on scripture you can wake up and realize man i haven't actually sat under the word and kind of taking verses out and applying it to my life and they're not actually meeting the context of what was originally written and we start to get a bad picture of God that looks a lot more like us than okay. the true creator of the universe.
0: So almost like this is going to be a bent that we're going to have, which is our personal experiences really do mold and shape every one of us. Sure. We, you know, we don't say, yeah, we're Christians. Therefore we don't have personal experiences that are molded and shaped by culture. No, we still do. Um And so you're saying it's our commitment to the word. Okay. Drew, you're, you're looking like very uh, introspective <laughs> there when, when Justin was speaking. What do you think? Of-
2: I, I was just saying, I was, think your question actually really has kind of gave me pause there for a second trying to figure out why does it matter to our people how or why we choose the specific things that we we do to to preach on to teach on you know sure and it kind of got me just thinking about like why does it matter to my kids how uh amy and i Hmm. make choices about what we're going to feed them regularly yeah And and the truth is maybe right now, early on, it doesn't matter. They just know we're giving them this stuff because this is what we're giving them and just eat this stuff, even if you think you don't like it or whatever, you know what I mean? But it is actually, it's going to be good for our kids as they grow up to know we choose these things specifically, Ella, because this is good for you. And because like eating this way helps you grow strong and healthy and eating this way um, helps you a little bit, and eating this way doesn't help you at all. Yeah, and so and there's a and and we don't want we of course I mean it, it's a little bit different in in a church atmosphere because you never you never grow up to the point that you don't say come to church and get fed each week right whereas lol someday be out of our house and she'll have to feed herself yeah but I still do believe that everyone who is going to church every week um, also needs to be feeding themselves regularly too sure and so we want them to to kind of keep a specific mindset on what is healthy to feed on. And, and this is why we choose to talk about this kind of stuff so much, um, because this is what we believe is healthiest for someone who's trying to grow up into the image of Jesus.
0: You know, it's interesting, because when, when I think, Drew, you, first of all, were the ones that said, hey, Eric had approached you and said, hey, would you guys do something on this? I really, you I mean, I thought, man, I hope Eric hears it. I mean, I really would love to, man, I appreciate actually the fact that he has comments and um, usually, very funny ones, and so I like that aspect, but i, I my, my original thought was, our people need to hear this not there are other pastors that were uh, you know few that are picking this up. Um, it really was a matter of our people need to hear this so that they not just know what we 're thinking but that they begin to to kind of recognize the emphasis that Justin just said because maybe they don 't know there was a thought behind this meal there was a thought behind this this thing and it's it 's not really designed um, at least we're, i don 't think it's our uh, I don't mind, I think that if, if, if this happens and we we create worship services that are, you know, engaging with people and those things, I think that's wonderful. Right. But if we miss God, we miss everything. Yeah. And, and so and that's,
3: that's the thing, Ryan. I think to to kind of piggyback off of what both of these guys have, have started to say is, um, I don't know that many people do care how we preach right now, so long as it might be. You know, maybe they learn something, or it's entertaining. That might just be all that's on their radar. But our our hope and prayer is that you would grow to to have a deep passion and a deep concern for how you're being taught, because we believe that um, Sunday mornings are a an opportunity for God's people to gather together and to continue the process of being formed into the likeness of Christ. And so we look at not just the sermon, but the worship and how we pray and how we gather around the Lord's table and how we exercise generosity and giving and, and hospitality and all these things. We look at them as opportunities to, to form us. And so to talk about, you know, Drew's analogy to food is, are we going to do that on Skittles or on vegetables and, and lean meats, which, yeah. which is best for the body? Yeah. Yeah. And, and our hope is that we would learn to care deeply about these things. Yeah.
1: It really is a helpful illustration. I mean, you know, it's
3: funny you said that because Drew
1: did it. I thought, wow, that is actually because what my kids want to eat, right, is what we had last night is candy. (laughs) My kids would want to eat candy. And I think I'm probably the same way. Yeah. Like I would rather eat a cheeseburger double stack with lots of cheese, (laughs) all kinds of, you know what I mean? Like that's what I would want for every, not now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and eventually it would slowly but surely yeah. kill me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, when you were speaking, the verse that came to me was 2 Timothy 4. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ yeah, Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and extort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but have itching ears, that they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And that's what we want to guard against, that we all have the tendency to seek our itching ears and something that uh, candy to our tongue. And what we actually need is is the meat and the lean vegetables um, that come from the word of God.
0: See, let's add this in here, too, because um, uh, it's, it's interesting that we often talk about. Yeah, we want we want what people want to hear. We want what people want to hear. And so we're going to put what people want to hear. Yeah. But the truth is, this keeps me from preaching what I want to say. Going through a Bible book really does alleviate us from, you know, in our worship arts meeting, Steve, when we're doing this. It really does keep us from going, hey, Drew, what, what do you think the world needs to hear? And Drew's going to go, you know what I think they need? And, you know, Drew's going to have his piece. Ryan's going to have his piece. Justin's going to have his piece. And so, I don't know. I mean, I know that's kind of a— comp- Somewhat of a complete statement, but anything you want to add to that in terms of how
3: it keeps preachers in check and it keeps yeah. church leaders in check? One of the, one of the dangers of, of that method or mentality is if, if say we do do that long term, and it, and it really is a steady diet of what Jim's interested in, we have constructed at that point a cult of personality such yeah. that when Jim yeah. goes, yeah. like our, min, our preaching ministry mm-hmm. goes with him and and here i mean jim's not going anywhere but we have we have a ministry of the word yes such that um justin gets up last week and he preaches and it sure it sounds like justin he illustrates sure. like justin he he shapes it like justin but we're slaves to the text the text drives everything and so it it really helps um uh prevent the pulpit from becoming a, kind of this this human fascination um some of that is a little is in some ways unavoidable, but I think you can really mitigate against it by just letting the text shine, mm. and and we're up there to kind of help walk people through it.
2: Yep. I think I think it'd probably be good for us to even just pause here. We're saying you know we want to preach like this, yeah, and less like it. that, yeah. Yeah. but to clarify what we mean by this and that, Go. And those kinds of things. Go, Drew. Um, so who did you have for homiletics yeah. in, in college? I
0: ha- Matt Proctor. Um, one of my favorites. That's awesome. So this is, yeah. So basically he listens to this, No. uh, if any of you (laughs) listen to this and you know, Matt, just walk down and say, one of your best preachers, Drew Moss, (laughs) just mentioned you in a podcast.
3: Go Uh, ahead. So
0: basically, you know, preaching, we, we
2: most kind of simply break preaching styles into, into three different types, um, topical and textual and expository. And, uh topical preaching is, is kind of what it sounds like. You take a topic, um, how, to, you know, uh, how to be a good husband, how to have a good marriage, how to raise good kids, how to manage your finances well, um, or dealing with stress or whatever those things, yeah. and you yeah. do a sermon or a sermon series on family life or on finances and, and walk through. And, and when you do that, it's not that you ignore the Bible. You're, you're yeah. trying to find things in the Bible that talk about finances and deal with money or with stress or whatever it is, and then preach on those things. Um, and then textual sermons, um, you know, kind of the, the phrase that gets used to describe it is, is the text um, is used, not in a bad way, but used as a springboard. Yep. So you start with a specific text, and that kind of launches you out into other parts of the Bible that you're looking at stuff. You kind of start with one that grounds you, and then you jump from there and talk about this topic that the text has pointed you to. Yep. Yep. Um, and then, And then expository is where you just take the text itself, Second um, Corinthians five, 1 through 10, yeah. and you just march down through the verses of that text and, and see what. Um, not specifically a topic, but what does 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 10 have to say, regardless of what the topic may be, that's what we're talking about today. And then
0: you put
3: a pin in it, and next week you start at verse 11. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
0: And and it's it's also good to know, I mean, first of all, I I don't know if you guys know this, but actually I I taught homiletics the same time Drew was at college, and he um, intentionally did not choose me as a professor. But (laughs) I have um, have kind of of a... uh, You know, I just can't... (laughs) The pain... The pain has uh, is, is just slowly recited back inside of my heart. That's good. But that is good. Anyway, so when I taught this very topic that <laughs> Drew did not take with me, um, I'd, I'd love to remind my students constantly that what we actually have here, though, are not completely different ways of looking at the Bible. No, you're looking at, you're looking at different verses, and then you're looking at the whole Bible on, on all of those cases. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're looking at are you are you looking at a topic? Are you looking at one verse and then kind of moving out, or are you looking at ten verses on the on the expository example, mm-hmm. and then still allowing other verses within Scripture to kind of explain what Paul means, what he yep. does in First Corinthians three? But but you really are kind of more you're you're bound to the text. I'm here to just mm-hmm. really have this text. The, this teaching of Christ is going to be what molds us the the most. And so it, it literally is, it's a, whatever you want to call it, it's like a, from one to one. It's a spectrum. A spectrum. spectrum. Yeah. It's a spectrum of way of, of looking at the text. And so um, I think that can be really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. And, and we are probably in the textual to um, expository spectrum. Mm-hmm. And by the way, a lot of people like to say, oh yeah, we, we teach expositorily. Um, and in the end, they really don't. They have a text that they they have a, like an expository text that they use like a textual sermon mm-hmm. so they think they're in romans 9 but they mm-hmm. actually take like romans nine eleven and they use romans nine eleven to preach a sermon that they want to preach which actually would be better preached if they were actually in say um man i'm not capable of doing this that fast yeah. but whatever <laughs> romans 9 11 says and then they kind of use that more and so you know be really really careful going yeah and is is there is there i mean i don't know uh, is there an only way to preach model are we saying that that topical is um, maybe maybe if none of them are bad, is there a topical is is of of the three poor choices? Topical is not lean meat, and yeah. uh, textual is a little healthier, and then expository. Really, if you're if you're a good Christian church, mm-hmm. if you're a good preacher, you're doing expository. Maybe not
1: every every time, but almost. Are we are
0: we saying that? Are we implying that?
1: I don't know if we're implying it, but I can think of at least one of the dangers of when you stay on one rather than doing any of the other. Okay. So if you say, for instance, we are we're deciding we're going to be a church where we're going to commit to only doing three to four week topical series forever, because we think that's going to get people more hooked and more interested to listen, and it will which just, is easier, by the way. Like sure. right when you mm-hmm.
2: when you say people come this week to find out um, how to improve your marriage. Oh, That's yeah. easier than come this week to find out about 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 10. <laughs> yes. Right? Like that yeah. is— it's, yeah, it's There's a not, not a lot there's of a attractional reason. value there
1: to, hey, come look at this text. But one of those dangers is that we start going through the gamut of subjects that we want to teach on, and then we don't look back and think, what have we not hit? Yeah. What are the things we don't want to talk about that Scripture talks about? And so we, when we go through a text, we are confronted with— all of those scriptures, which maybe we don't like, and therefore they're forming us as we teach. They're forming our people, and we're discussing things that are difficult: mm-hmm. church discipline, um, what it looks like to lay down your life for Jesus, that what suffering looks like for Christ. And Some of these things that may not be the topic um, that we would choose: sexual immorality, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, whatever it be. And I think that's one of the big pitfalls, at least that I see of. We're only committed to topical. Again, not that topical is some monster of yeah. evil. Yeah, it's yeah, the, yeah. There's yeah. there's dangers to it. Yeah.
0: So if you're not at Sunnybrook, I mean, I'd love for you to think. Okay, so what does your church preach most often? Um, that might be a good reason. And then and then is that is that molding and shaping you? Because that's really kind of what we're getting at. And then if you're at Sunnybrook and you're thinking through that, I think it's good to ask. Is I mean, is that is that helping you? Because I I think we need to. Realize that's what our goal is. We keep using this phrase. David Platt is the one who said it. We've borrowed it from him. We want to wean people off of our wit and our wisdom onto the word and spirit of God. And so we've chosen kind of that expository model. Um, so we just finished a long text, a uh, long series through Matthew. Um, We've been in a more textual expository series on the Gospel of the Kings and the Prophets. Um, and then uh, right after this, we're headed to, who wants to say it? First Corinthians. First Corinthians. Um, or as some say, one Corinthians. Mm-hmm. British people and Donald Trump. <laughs> exactly, one Corinthians, that. which I I always thought was really kind of cool. There was a guy in seminary who used to always talk like that, and I think, oh, that's just not natural. But, <sighs> But it sounds cool. Um, we will be in First Corinthians, and we are, uh, you know, looking forward to that. Um, so, what are what are some of the things that we, you know, kind of digging down a little bit deeper? How does this style? How, do, how does our commitment to this? How does it really help our people? How can our yeah. people say, okay, so if that's what we're committed to as a church, to not always, but for the most part, this is going to be getting a, a good chunk of uh, of our time Sunday morning as we as we learn in the Word together. Um, what are some ways in which our people can you know, respond to that or kind of be attentive of that. Drew. Can I, do you want
2: me kind of saying real quick, what could be some downsides of some sure. of this stuff? Oh yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Add that in. That add that not. in. But, no, add that in. Um, you know, here's, here's when, when people preach topically again, we, we, we're not saying, you know, <laughs> wrong to do. We preach topical series every now and then we yeah. we stop and we do a little
3: topical thing here and stuff. There's, there are no. topical sermons in the Bible. Anna, yeah, exactly. Charles yeah. Spurgeon preached topically. I mean, people have done it well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, You know, one of the,
2: one of the downsides to doing an expository is you have, to be, you, you have to be way more intentional and work harder to make sure that you are applying the truths of Scripture to your people's lives. Yep, yeah. It can be easy to walk through 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 10, and everybody walks away and go, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that about that text. <laughs> and then I, now I know more information about that yep, and walk away without yep. us doing the hard work of saying, and this is how this ought to change your life this week, how you mm-hmm. live. This mm-hmm. is how this ought to shape you. Um, whereas like a, a topical sermon is easy when literally it's how to have a good marriage. They walk away going, okay, these three things this do week them. I can do to yeah. have a good marriage. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you, you, have to be, um, you have to work harder to make sure that you're not just putting information in front of people, that you're literally like preaching and calling yeah. them to a, a different kind of lifestyle and, and changing and stuff. So,
3: yeah, no, that's good. On the beneficial side, I think, um, this style of preaching going through the text it fosters over time so this is very this is a slow process but it fosters a deeper biblical literacy in our people and so we that we even have this where we kind of um, people at Sunnybrook will notice that we go old new old new in terms of what testaments we're preaching and generally speaking we we kind of we, we can break that mold when necessary but So we preach all the way through Matthew. And so we're in one of the four most important books of Scripture. And we're in there for nearly two years. And and I think um, not only does it reiterate and maybe go to a deeper level, all the, the common stories in Matthew that we're all familiar with, it also makes us deal with the ones that we, hey, I didn't know that was in there, yeah. and I really don't know how to deal with the final discourse, and we have to be in it for a couple of weeks, so... Yeah. so um, I got to deal it, with Matthew 24 and what's he
0: meaning, and... Yeah, yes, yeah, yes,
3: and yeah, so, yeah. so in, in that sense, we really are, I, I think, deepening the wells in our people in terms of their, their biblical content and their understanding of Scripture, and then when we go back to the Old Testament, we hit the foundational materials the stuff that leads up to Matthew, the stuff that Matthew is building from. And then next year when we hit 1 Corinthians, it's um, I, I always kind of um, categorize the epistles as commentaries on the truths of the four gospels. And so yeah. Paul is now having to take what is what kind of information he gets from the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John material, not those books necessarily, but you know, the, the yeah. ministry of the apostles and of Jesus. And he's now having to apply it in real churches. And in, in Corinth, we get this incredible example of gospel truths applied. And, and so you take, we've gone now from where we start in first Samuel in, in the Kings and prophets yep, yep, for simulate. So we went Matthew back to first Samuel all the way forward to Malachi. And then we're going to jump into first Corinthians. And I look at that and I say, wow, that's going to be a, a three and a half, four year chunk. Where our people, if they're here on a weekly basis, are having to deal with the scriptures, and they walk away hopefully with a deeper sense of of God's word.
0: Yeah, no,
3: that really is that really is
0: helpful. Um, so then what can our people do to prepare uh, better? You know, because like, I, I think it is true, right? I mean, we 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 went through a, a, a time where we had, you know, a primer that was available. Hey, here's what we're going to be preaching on this Sunday. Now, I think all we actually have is in the bulletin. It says, "Hey, next week we're going to be doing yeah. this. How, how can we help our people prepare for you know kind of what's coming up next week? Uh, any anything that you guys can think about that we could you know challenge our people to do instead of just being sure. disappointed that they're not? Maybe we need to have a more open and honest conversation because I just the more I meet our people and get to spend time with our people, the more I am really uh, encouraged." by the work that the holy spirit is doing through us
1: and in spite of us. Yeah. <laughs> and both
0: are pretty awesome. So,
1: I mean, I think we've we try to do this by communicating what's coming the next week like, hey, read this text. That yeah. would be a really beneficial for the thing for you to do. So you're not just coming into this kind of blinded, but you have a little bit of an understanding of what Ezekiel is. So that's going to be beneficial for them. Obviously we desire to wing them onto the word of God, but also um, asking questions when you feel like what's Drew's describing that's where good. we, okay, I don't feel like this is applying to the situation that I'm in and I need your help. That's what we're here to connect those dots to do. So if you don't hear it specifically on Sunday morning, when Jim says, hey, we want to continue this conversation, he means it. He means we want to talk to you. We want to show you how the the word of God is interjecting truth into your soul and into your life and even to the difficult topics that you're dealing with. And so having that courage and that knowing that we want that. Yeah, yeah. And you know, the other part that I love about that is every time I have to do that, every time I
0: I have someone who wants to talk about a sermon or a lesson that I taught, I'm sure you guys have gone through this, walking through with them helps me see the text come alive again. It gives me something, almost maybe 100% of my illustrations end up becoming from like real context that I've walked people through when they said, yeah, like, so what do I do with this in my life? And I've got to find a text or what do I do with this text? And I've got to figure out, okay, so where does this apply in your life? Because, you know, we're not against having the need for uh, information to be in our minds, but it's meant to transform our hearts and to transform our wills into the likeness of Christ. And so to do that really is kind of continuing the faith conversation, which is what we say a lot and really wanting to encourage our people to to buy into that model, to, to, to go into that and to, to do everything they can in that. So any other big things you guys want to kind of throw up in terms of this, you know, our, our planning process is, um, you know, maybe it's it's good for us to just reiterate what Ryan said is just that it's been happening recently, you know, happens big picture wise. Uh, I know that uh, the church existed before I got here, but when we do our, when we do our planning retreat, we go all the way back as far as we can remember, and we say, okay, what did we study in the fall of 2004, spring of 2005, fall of 2005, spring of 2006?
1: And so we kind of walk through— Specifically, what books of the Bible did the, we cover? Yeah, what yeah.
0: books of the Bible? And so, you know, that's one of the things that we're doing, and um, hopefully that's helpful. By the way, we'd love to hear—man, you know what? I mean, if, if 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 our church said, we really want to know what's going on in First Peter or whatever, I, I can't imagine us not going, wow, man, there's a lot of people that feel like we need to preach through this. I think we need to do this. Um so let me let me kind of let's wrap it up in in in, in this kind of a question. So, uh, will we not ever? Will, what's the plan for a topical sermon in the future for Sunnybrook? What's what's kind of our thinking on that? Because we're not saying that we wouldn't do that. So, when's it coming? I don't know when it's coming.
2: Um, <laughs> I uh, man, I I can just say one of my things that I love about uh, Sunnybrook when when topical sermons have been done, a lot of times they are they try to be a little bit more God oriented. Like we do literally a topical sermon on the attributes of God. We did a whole series on the attributes of God, you know? And rather than how to manage stress in in your life and, and my my fear sometimes when when our churches when our churches go strictly topical is we end up you read through our sermon series, you know. If you read online the sermon series at a specific church, sometimes it, it just sounds kind of like a self help section in a book yeah. store. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah no, I know. Um, and, and by I the know. way, we've been that since yeah, I've oh, been Oh, totally, here. totally. That was we, yeah. we,
0: we did that
2: when I, when I first got when you guys first asked me onto the worship arts team. You know, for probably yes. my first three, yes. Three, yes. three years or whatever we were doing that. You know, and we were doing a lot more skits too, <laughs> which. Uh, Probably more important, uh, certain more <laughs> things that just make people want to yeah more important than our switch from topical to expository was our switch from skits to no skits. <laughs> that was probably our best choice we've that made was, in a while. Um, that was so, uh, yeah, that was a paradigm
0: shift,, yeah. as they speak about.
2: <laughs> but like this is I know that there's a person who goes because, yeah, but I need to know more how to manage my stress i mean i, live, man, I live, we live in stressful times, my job. There are things going on in my home life and and those and we're not I don't think we're being cold or um that we're just offering kind of stockbook answers to say we really do believe um understanding the attributes of God is one of the best things you could do to deal with your stress yeah um and and like to be able to get so like even when we go topical we we want it um we want to try to stay very textual with our topical sermons <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. expository with our topical sermons and we want to really try to um tell us um the Bible the Bible does talk about not worrying but it doesn't seem to put as much emphasis on talking about dealing with stress or how to manage your finances as it does on telling us about God and and why what does god God seems to think it's more important for us to grab that kind of stuff than it is how to be wise with our finances and stuff like that you know
0: you know two things two things i think happens is number one i think people want to talk about being stressed or want to talk about their struggle with sin um as opposed to literally how what 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 biblical text or what biblical idea is going to mold and shape me Mm -hmm. right so i think that's one of the problems it's when i when i get people and i'll use stress kind of you know as this kind of overarching idea right um I, I really want to know what to do with stress. And I say, okay, well, let's talk about who God is. No, I want to talk about my stress. I want to talk about my finances. I really want to talk about my finances. Well, let me talk about what, you know, let's just describe what it means to trust God with your finances. No, I want to talk about my finances. And so sometimes that, that's kind of what you're describing, Justin. We trust our experiences. We trust our, our pain or our whatever far more than we actually do the big picture. But the other side of that becomes is that as preachers, we really need to make sure we make that connection and not not leave it disconnected. Here is who God is, and he is sovereign and loving and powerful, and he is, he is, uh, he is imminent. He's right beside you. So go out there.
1: Which for us is actually maybe the harder part, or at least for me, uh, speaking for me, like that's harder for me to make the connection. I love thinking about God. I love yeah. dissecting the text. The, the harder work As a for preacher
0: me, or as a Christian?
1: For me, as a preacher, as a preacher, as a, yeah, 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 no, no, no. Who studies the Bible, yeah, because help- we
0: we make we make the step almost in our head, and we assume everybody else is going to make the step, and they're not making the step sometimes, and that's a reminder. It's like we we can't just say, "Hey, your stress is I, I'm not. I, it's real and it's true, but God's the answer." Okay, but can you help me make that connection? Help me do the math. Help me work out that problem, because if not, it just it doesn't feel like you're really helping me. So, you know, I think, I think that's really, you know, an important way to, to look at this. So, okay. Anything else you guys want to add to this wonderful topic? So, oh, I, I don't want to want to say no. I can't. So then I would say that when we read the Bible, we would find a lot of expository preaching, Right. This yeah is this is a trap <laughs> i mean, we don't i mean yeah there was a big kind of a big hullabaloo that started recently where um kind of a, a nationally known great communicator andy stanley made that comment that and he wasn't the first one to do this. this 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 comment has been made for hundreds of years is that when we look at the scriptures we don't see the kind of preaching that sunnybrook does you don't see paul going let me exegete Um, uh, Isaiah chapter five, Mm -hmm. he doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. So if, if we don't have examples of that in the scriptures, then how how do we handle that? By the way, it's important to say Andy Stanley goes on to call, he's a big
2: topical preacher. (laughs) He goes on to call expository preaching, what? (laughs) Cheating, cheating. He said, well,
0: actually what he said was his quote was something to the effect. And you need to pay attention to the bigger end uh, quote. This isn't a, (laughs) But he he basically said those who preach verse by verse through the Bible are cheating, and he's not trying to he's not trying to label them as bad or wrong. He doesn't mean it in this negative sense. He's like they're taking the easier way out. I think is what yeah. he means by that. And so, if it's not what Paul did, if it's not the examples that we actually see in the Bible, then why are why why are we so bent on it? If Paul and Peter weren't, can you guys answer that at all? You know, one thing I think I could throw out is. Um,
2: Man, I'm, as I'm thinking, I'm hoping this is true as I'm saying it. it <laughs> will um, we'll help you. Um, you know, we don't actually, we don't actually go verse by verse through Old Testament very much because the way the Old Testament is set up is not designed that way. the The Old Testament is set up for sweeping, sweeping chapter by chapter yeah. um, things, yeah. right? It's for the not, most part, that is true. Yeah, yes, it no, is that's, mostly that's, like that's narrative stuff, true. and so yep. to to grasp what Isaiah is saying. A lot of times you slow down too much in it and and you go verse by verse, you're, you're really going to miss the the force for the trees because that's how Isaiah is set up. Um, and that's what Paul is working with his Old Testament things and looking at the larger themes of the Old Testament and specifically how they're pointing forward to Jesus is where he's kind of going with this stuff. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the New Testament is written is a lot more um important a lot of times to break down specifically like paul's writing and stuff to break down by verse where he's going with these things and what specific things he's saying about jesus or justification or sanctification or those kinds of things you know
3: yeah, the, the structure of propositional documents like the the epistles and so this is where you get into genre distinctions it lends itself more towards an analytical approach a, a he he crafted the the flow of this particular paragraph very intentionally and therefore the flow Helps us discern its meaning, but you know, Paul and Peter are also they're preaching Old Testament summaries um, to, uh, in many cases, very biblically literate people. Yeah, and they use a technique sure. known as metalepsis, where they can quote a phrase out of Isaiah, and their audience can intuitively expand to know everything around that phrase, and so they can quote a snippet of Isaiah fifty-three. And their audience can intuit the entire rest of the the, the servant song, and I, I just I don't know a whole lot of people in Stillwater that that think that way. And so now we still kind of preach in summary fashion through the Old Testament, but you look through you know the Gospels and then the sermons in Acts and then the sermons or or kind of quotations from sermons you see in some of the letters, and they they're still covering the the narrative of Scripture. They're not they're not pulling topics out as much as, you know, let me tell you the story Stephen says of how this gets from Abraham to your wicked fathers and why it's no shock that you guys are treating the church the way that you are. That's, it's not expositional preaching. It's not expository preaching per se, but he is going through the text. Yeah. And it's just a a bit of a different style. Yeah. And And not only that, but I mean, A, they didn't
0: have Bibles in the pews. So yeah. that's different. Plus, we don't we don't have any examples of what Paul did in the local church. So we have what he did at the Areopagus, which obviously yeah. you wouldn't use the text anyway. I mean, if I was going into a yeah. Areopagus-type setting, I doubt if I would say, and let's you, exegete 1 Corinthians 5. And you have
3: Luke's summaries of his sermons. Sure. They're not exhaustive transcripts of his sermons. The early church began to... Actually,
0: exposit rather rather early, and so you do have it as kind of an example. Yeah, of the if you look church. at the the homilies of the
1: early sure. church fathers, and
3: a lot of it was expository.
1: Jesus going into the synagogue, opening up the scroll and began to teach. Yeah, right, and yeah. then after he had resurrected and he appears to the disciples, he begins to walk them through the text, the te- the yeah. whole yeah. testament. You know what I mean? So it's not it's it's not like it's not there. Yeah. And to make that statement, you're also assuming a lot. Yeah, assuming a lot that we. That what is in the New Testament is, in fact, this, all the sermons that Paul preached in Corinth. No, he was responding to specific ways they were responding to his sermons. Yeah. So who knows exactly what he was preaching, actually? So those are different things. Me writing a letter to you is going to be different than me preaching to a crowd of 20 people or yeah. 200 people or 2,000 people.
0: I, I love I to just, you know, let's end with this. I mean, we, we are emphasizing the word because we think it is so critical. And I love to go say, listen. I I know we we talk about the Word of God, Spirit of God, people of God. I I get that the the Spirit of God works through His Word and um, independent of it, but never contradictory to it. Is that fair? Um, and I think it's just good to realize, like, just give me something better to preach from, and I'll preach from that. You know, like I mean, I, my experiences are limited. My experiences are biased. Um, I got to be careful with that when I even come to the text. So more text just seems to be more god and it just forces me to be more focused on him more directed to him more submissive to him more led by him even though i when i preach have to struggle with all my own biases and all my own tendencies like i yeah. get the complicated yeah, nature of yeah you can't avoid
3: those but you can you can uh, avoid disaster in some sense by yeah. starting with the surest foundation you yeah. can
0: yeah yeah and so that's kind of why we that's why we preach expositorily as much as we can
3: So, Eric, thank you very
0: much, brother. And uh, I think that's it.